Welcome to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, where you'll find the unique, the bizarre, and sometimes the haunted. Feel free to look around, peruse the items, and never fear. There's nothing here that bites. Hard, anyway. <laughs> ah, hello. So pleased to see you've returned once again to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. I am your shopkeeper, Chris Baker, and today we've got a wondrous little item to show you. Let me pull this out of the curio here. It's a piece of metal, yes. Although it's not a metal like you've seen this seems to have some otherworldly properties. It's uh, rectangular in shape, probably about five or six inches in length, three inches across. It's probably not even a, a half an inch in depth. But uh, yes, a strange metal indeed. Now you're probably thinking to yourself, what is so curious? What is so wondrous about this item? Well, you may not realize it, but this nondescript piece of metal is in fact a key and a key that can unlock the mysteries, both terrestrial and otherwise. And that is the subject of today's episode of Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. So let's pull out the mutoscope and take a look at the new Amazon Prime series, Night Sky. Now, I found out about Night Sky as I was watching Outer Range on Amazon Prime. Uh, at, at some point in watching that series, uh, I came across the trailer for Night Sky, and it, it seemed interesting enough. I, I was quite happy to see that Amazon Prime seems to be very much in the science fiction and fantasy business these days. If I could only get them to, to do a proper horror series or a, an original horror film, that, that would be great. But... But I'm just so happy that we're getting uh, some science fiction. You know, we're getting the we've got the boys. Uh, we've had uh, Man in the High Castle. We've got Outer Range, one of the newer series. We've got the new Lord of the Rings series coming out uh, sometime later this year. And so I was interested to see uh, when I saw the trailer for Night Sky, uh, it looked like it had a good cast. Of course, you can't go wrong with uh, two veterans like Sissy Spacek and J.K. Simmons. So that really kind of intrigued me right off the bat. And it, it did have a science fiction feel. Now, by the trailer, I thought, oh, this is going to be like one of those precious older couple in the twilight years. It's going to be mostly about that. And we're going to have like a little touch of science fiction. They can go to this place on a distant planet and look out at the stars. And it's going to, like I said, it's going to be very precious and it's going to be heartwarming and about their love and a love of a younger couple. And that was going to be okay. I was going to watch it. But this this series turned out to be so much more than I anticipated, so much more than I expected. And wow, was I, I, I off base on, on what this show really was about. Now, I said in our last episode that uh, I wanted some aliens. I don't even know if we got aliens. I think we've got some alien-esque aspects to this, but I'll kind of talk about what I think's going on and what I hope we can expect in a future season. But uh, but that's 
for uh, a little bit further down the road. Now, this premiered on May the 20th, so just a couple days ago. I'm recording this on Sunday, May the 22nd, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this for Thursday's show, and I'm going to power through. It's only eight episodes long, so it's not a, a big schlog. I went through the first six quite quickly on a Saturday afternoon after I mowed the yard and wrapped it up this morning. And uh, it was it was really a quick and easy watch for, for each episode being about an hour long. It didn't really feel like that. And that really is kind of the, the basic premise of this movie. You've got this older couple, uh, Franklin and Irene York. They live in rural Illinois. Uh, they have this portal to another planet uh, under their shed in their backyard and over the past 20 some odd years they have been going to this other planet and just sitting there the portal takes them to it almost looks like an outpost like a a building with a, a big room there's a big oval window that they can look out into this alien planet landscape and there's moons up in the sky and it's just it's a it's a beautiful sight to see and they've over the years brought uh, reclining chairs and a table and things to make themselves comfortable while they're sitting there but there's also a door that leads outside now they make mention that they've put mice out there and the mics haven't survived so it's really of their belief that they cannot go outside of this building uh, that the atmosphere is just not suitable for human life so they've never done that in the the 20 some odd years that they've been visiting this planet and they've uh, franklin uh, played by jk simmons has been keeping track i can't remember the exact number but it's uh, they're up to like 850 some times that they've gone to this planet to just look at the stars because they're an older couple and it's just something to do it just it reminded me of my grandparents when they lived in north carolina they would get up in the morning make their coffee and they would sit in in these rocking chairs and look out the sliding glass doors into their backyard and just watch the birds and the squirrels and they'd sit there and sip their coffee and they'd do a crossword puzzle together and it just it really i guess maybe it touched a, a sentimental chord in my mind the thought of these two older people they're in their early 70s i think uh, at one point one of them was mentioned as 73 years old and them just going up through this portal to this other planet and just sitting there and just watching the stars and it's just uh, that kind of reminded me of my grandparents uh, so that like I said kind of touched a sentimental chord but uh, things get uh, a little well we'll say a wrench thrown in the works when Sissy Spacek's character Irene she she's not doing well health-wise and she decides she is going to go up to this this outpost on this planet and she is going to do what they've they've never had the um, guts to do before, and she is going to walk out of the outpost and onto this alien terrain, thinking that she's not the life's it's not going to be able to support her, and she's going to die. Essentially, she's going up there to kill herself. Well, she goes up to this outpost and finds this young man who we come to know as Jude, played by Chai Hansen. Of course, she brings him back to Earth 
back to her husband, Franklin, uh, nurses him back to health. And then the whole rest of the story revolves around the mystery of who this character is, who this Jude is, why he's there, the mystery of who he is, where he came from, and the mystery of these portals. Because we find out that uh, there are others out there. We find these two characters, Estella and her daughter, Tony, have one under a chapel that is on their property. And we, we learn of a, a mysterious group of people that are after Jude. And, and they essentially send Stella and by proxy her daughter to go find him. So without breaking down the story scene by scene, because I don't want to do that, because I, if you haven't watched this, I want you to be able to listen to this. You're going to have some things spoiled. I'm just going to throw that right here, throw that out here right now. Uh, there are going to be some some spoils in my talking about this, but I I don't want to spoil things. I don't want to sit there and tell you the story uh, beat by beat. So we're going to talk about the characters and their place in the story. I think that's a, I, I found that is a, I think a good way to talk about the story without telling you the story scene by scene. And we're going to talk about the actors who played these characters, which I think the casting on this was out of this world. See what I did there? And the two leads, Sissy Spacek and J.K. Simmons, really, they, they brought it in this series and they added such weight to the series and I mean the rest of the cast was really good they had a lot of good young actors they had some some veteran actors some veteran actors uh from other countries and you know they had a really good cast but when you have two world-class actors uh like Sissy Spacek and J.K. Simmons that just takes things up a level in the quality of any show and and this show in particular really benefited from having two such actors as Sissy Spacek and J.K. Simmons and of course they play uh, Irene and Franklin York. Uh, Sissy Spacek plays Irene York, Franklin York played by J.K. Simmons. They're an older couple kind of heading into the twilight years. Like I said, you know, they, they spend their time going to uh, an alien planet to look at the stars. And when we meet them, we really get a sense of of who these these characters are. And and to me, they really felt like Stephen King characters. Because Stephen King, especially in in more recent years, likes to write a lot about older people kind of dealing with the things that older people deal with as they get older, uh, the things that don't work quite like they used to, the problems with uh, dealing with technology and the new way of doing things, being forgetful and not remembering things. Uh, you know, Stephen King loves to write characters that feel real and deal with real problems that real people have. And and that's really how these two characters, Irene and Franklin, feel when we meet them. We're introduced to them and Irene's not doing well health-wise. Uh, she Falls. She's had an episode where she's fallen. Uh, Franklin doesn't quite remember things. Uh, forgets to, to pick Irene up at the doctor's office after he went to run some errands. We just learn about this couple who are dealing with the bitch of getting older. And you really quickly learn to care about these characters. Because not only uh, do they come across as sympathetic, dealing with 
older person issues, but there is a love there. This couple has been together for a very long time. Uh, they've spent their life together. They've loved each other through thick and thin. They've loved each other uh, through hardships. They've loved each other in spite of their shortcomings. And they've endured it all, and they've endured it all together. And that's one of the things that, you know, in the trailer, you get that sense of, of that love. And it comes across as a little precious in the trailer. But in, in the movie, uh, or in the series, I should say, uh, it, it feels very real. The world that Irene and Franklin live in, their home, uh, feels very it feels natural. It feels lived in. It feels like they have built a life in this home for the past 40, 50 years. And we get little glimpses. They do a couple flashback scenes where we meet uh, Irene and Franklin when they when they initially meet. Uh, we find them living in the house. They're just moving in, kind of fixing it up. When Irene announces that she's pregnant, we get some flashbacks of Irene and Franklin with their young son, Michael. And then we get flashbacks that are, are more recent, uh, their son, Michael, uh, when he announces that he and his, his girlfriend are engaged and that they're going to have a baby, we get flashbacks of Michael and his family with Irene and Franklin. And we start to see Michael, uh, suffering from depression. Uh, if anything, there's, there's one, I mean, there's not a lot of themes in this other than, you know, we're dealing with, with growing older. Uh, but there are some mental health themes because Michael goes into a depression and he can't uh, he can't pinpoint it. There's just this emptiness in him, and he he comes to his his mother for help and and she kind of tells him he's got to just buck up and 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 do what's right for his family. He's got to take charge of his life, and he ends up killing himself uh, when his daughter. Denise is just young, probably only a couple years old. So that's a very important thing we learn about Irene and Franklin is their their son has passed away. He's, he's killed himself. We're finding them 20 years after the fact, and they're still reeling from it. You know, and that is sort of a thing. No, uh, no parent wants their child to go before them. And you, you really get a sense of they're still that whole as much as they've uh, maybe not moved on, but they've they've continued with their life. Uh, they're living together. They love each other, but there's still a hole in both of them. That missing piece that that their son filled. And then when Jude comes into the picture, you find Sissy Spacek's character Irene filling that hole left by her son with the Jude character. Franklin is he's a little more cynical. Uh, he's, you know, he assumes it's, it's, he's some con man playing some con game. And that really is, uh, the difference between these two characters. Sissy Spacex, Irene York is, is a very loving, very mothering, very nurturing woman who feels responsible for her son killing himself. And I think she maybe not is trying to make up for it, but she goes out of her way to be very nurturing to and very caring to this the stranger complete stranger jk simmons on the other hand deals with it in a different way he's he's yeah he is very suspicious he's not very trusting while her survivor's guild opens her up to taking care of jude as a way of atonement franklin closes himself off to the world and i think he resents maybe that irene is seemingly trying to replace her son with this new 
young man that's come into their lives. Uh, he's also very jealous of the fact that she is leaning on this young man to to help her. And, and actually, she starts to get better once he is around. She's walking on her own again, and uh, she's a little more lively. She starts driving again, and Franklin feels like uh, she doesn't need him anymore. Which causes a rift between Franklin and Irene, and Franklin and the Jude character as well. Because there's already a distrust there. There's already suspicion there. And, and rightfully so, because uh, the character Jude, played by Chai Hansen, I, I really loved him in this role. He's not an actor. There's a lot of actors in here I'm not terribly familiar with. And I wasn't familiar with Chai Hansen. He's a Thai Australian actor. He's got a body of work, but I just, you know, it's nothing that I am terribly familiar with. I mean, there's a couple shows, like he was on recurring role on The 100, uh, a show that I never really got a chance to watch. Uh, I've always wanted to. Uh, he was in season three of Shadowhunters, uh, a show that I started watching. Uh, I got into season one, just never finished it. So he, he's been in some things I've watched, just I haven't got to the point where I've seen him in them. Uh, so suffice it to say, he is an actor that I really enjoyed him in this role of Jude and look forward to seeing him in more roles in the future because I, he's a fine young actor and he really played this role well he he really i mean one he looked with the, the kind of shoulder length long hair and the little uh quasi van dyke the mustache and the little goatee uh, he l reminded me of a young chris cornell uh, just looks wise. I don't know if he can sing like that, although he does sing in this, uh, but uh, not to quite Chris Cornell's range, at least not in this uh, iteration of his singing. But but at any rate, uh, he just plays this character that you really like right off the bat. He plays a very quiet, shy, sheltered character. There's a mystery about him, though. Uh, he doesn't know about certain things. He doesn't know what shots are when he's at a bar. He doesn't know how to answer the phone properly. He's got to kind of figure it out. There, there's just odd things about him that make you wonder, is he from Earth? And when he's asked about where he comes from, his past, he he kind of plays dumb. Uh, I don't remember. I, I'm guessing he's pretending he, like he has amnesia. But he always evades any question as to, to who he is and where he came from. And while he does come across as a really, like a nice guy, he seems like a nice kid in this. There are some scenes where you wonder. There's a scene where Franklin drives him to the bus station and he gets $5,000 out of their bank account and is going to give it to him. Uh, you played a, a good con, but I don't want to hurt my wife. Take this money and never come back. And he won't accept the money, but he's going to leave. And he starts walking towards the bus. And Franklin realizes uh, he's kind of being a jerk and calls him back. And you see this shot where you're looking at Jude and you see Franklin in the truck in the background. And when Franklin calls him back, he kind of gets a smirk on his face. Like maybe he, he knew that's how it was going to play out. He was kind of manipulating the situation to, to get the end that he wanted where he could come back and stay with them i you know i may be reading a little into that a little bit but uh it's it i think it was done in order to give you some pause as to whether his intentions are pure or not 
but it really doesn't play out any different than what you're expecting. This is a good kid. Uh, he's got a secret. He's hiding something, but he's he's not out to hurt Irene and Franklin. And like I said, Chai Hansen, I thought, really played this character well. He played the sweetness. He played the innocence quite well. He played that kind of fish out of water. You know, he's not familiar with certain things. He doesn't have a cell phone. He just doesn't know about things that most people his age, earthly people, uh, would understand these things or at least have a passing knowledge of these things. Uh, so he kind of played that bit of confusion quite well. It was really fun to watch him in this role. And again, like I said, a character or an actor, I should say, that uh, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing more from him. Another actor I have a passing knowledge of is Adam Bartley. He plays Byron. He's the York's next door neighbor. Him and his wife live next door. And he plays the nosy neighbor in this. Uh, if you've ever, you know, for anybody who's watched Bewitched, Mrs. Kravitz uh, or, or Alf, Mrs. Ochmonic. Uh, he plays that sort of uh, stereotypical nosy neighbor. He's always kind of trying to mix in and get involved with, with the Yorks and doing things like mowing a bit of property they have without them asking and and just really kind of a... You don't like him at first. Uh, he's quite annoying. And, and the actor, Adam Bartley, he's been a lot of stuff. He gets you know roles here and there through different series. Uh, I remembered him from This Is Us. He, he played a, a role in like two or three episodes in that. So that's kind of, I think that's where I remember him from. But he's got a distinct look. He's got a, a distinct, uh, just the way he speaks the tone of his voice is very distinct. You remember him if you've seen him. And uh, he, he plays this this nosy neighbor so well. And he, he kind of comes across as a little sleazy. He's running for town council. And he forges people's names to get on the ballot. And, of course, gets in trouble for it. He gets called out on it. But there's a fun scene where he and, and Franklin run into each other at a bar and they bond over pool and boilermakers. And they get to know each other and actually become, uh, I don't know as if I'd call it friends, but they get to understand each other. And Franklin spills the beans and gives the secret of this this portal that they have on their property. And then they, they kind of get into some hijinks uh, together trying to figure out what's going on with this with this portal. So he, he was a really fun actor to watch. Again, like I said, he just plays that nosy neighbor quite well. He, he kind of can play the kind of douchey guy really well. But then... They kind of flip the script on it, and you actually kind of like them uh, a little more towards the, the end of the series. We also meet Kaya McKernan. She plays Denise, who is a she's a grad student. She is the York's granddaughter, the daughter of their son who who killed himself. And again, you know, she was just like two years old, I think, when Michael killed himself. And so she never really got to know her father. And she comes into the picture and uh, we learn a lot about her, even though she's not really a main character. I, I wouldn't even say she's a, a secondary character. She's treated more like a tertiary character in this, but we learn a lot about her. Uh, she's a grad student, but she's not really happy. She's got this, this sadness in her, this emptiness in her, and it kind of reminiscent of 
the scenes where her father is talking about having that same emptiness. Sissy Spacek, when she at one point wants to go up to this other planet outpost and walk out into the unknown of it and essentially going to kill herself. There's, there's really a theme of, of course, mental health but also the generational aspects of that, how how that can kind of seemingly go from generation to generation. Sissy Spake's character obviously has something in her that made her want to just end it all and walk out into this alien planet, understanding, at least as far as she understood, that it would not support her life, essentially killing herself. Her son had this emptiness in him that made him kill himself. His daughter has this emptiness in her. She's not satisfied with getting her MBA and going to college. Uh, she doesn't know what she wants. And and you almost wonder at times, is, is she going to follow the same path that her father followed? Now, they really don't dive deep into that. Uh, it for me that was only a passing wonderment. Is is that where they're kind of going with this? Should we be afraid that she is going to do herself in uh, like her father did? But they they really don't double down on that, and that's that's fine with me uh, because I, I don't think this series really needed to go deep and 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 that dark. This just wasn't that sort of show. But it, like I said, they they did enough to make you wonder, and then at the end she kind of has. She's found what she needs. She's found something she's passionate about. She's found uh, something to do that feels like it gives her meaning more than what she had been experiencing in her regular life. And I thought Kaya McKernan uh, played this role excellent. She's not an actress that I'm 100% familiar with, but, but I thought she did a really good job. And she played that young person not just not knowing what they want to do with their life kind of doing things because that's what they're supposed to do. Going to college, getting her MBA, getting a career, you know, that's what you're supposed to do. And it's not making her happy. And and you really feel that and and you really empathize with her in that. Even though I'm not that age anymore, you know, I can understand just not being happy with what you're doing. And what do you do? What do you, you know, what do you do with your life? And, and she really played that well. She played the caring granddaughter. You know, she is a, a very sweet girl that just, you know, just wants to look out for her grandparents. She meets Jude and is a little suspicious at first, but they, they bond some and, and have, uh, you know, a fine relationship, not a relationship. That's <laughs> although somebody brings it up later about them being a couple. She's like, we're just friends. Uh, so I, I don't know if they're going to go down that road in the future future a relationship between those two uh it, it's possible but they're not pushing it they're not rushing it they're letting it happen organically i think if it is going to go that route which which i like i i this didn't need to be a love story the love story that you did get between uh irene and franklin was was the love story you needed in this now one of the interesting aspects of this story was two characters you meet in argentina stella and stella's daughter tony uh, Stella, played by uh, Julieta Zilberberg. She's an Argentinian actress, uh, quite accomplished actress in Argentina. Uh, you know, she's done just tons of television and film. Yeah, again, it's it's nothing I've seen here, but you look at her 
her list of uh, accomplishments and her list of things she's done in in TV and in film and in theater. Uh, this this woman has has done a lot of acting, and 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 you could really tell. You know, she while it's no one I knew, and most of her dialogue was in Spanish. It was you know she she did a fine job acting. And I think that's a really, to me, that's a testament. If if you can if you can convince me of of your character without me even being able to understand what you're saying, I think that's a that's a that's a good sign of a good actress or actor. Uh, same with her daughter, Rosia Hernandez plays Tony, Stella's fourteen year old daughter, and again she did a, a fantastic job. And she's a she's an actress and a singer. I believe she was, if I'm not mistaken, she was on the the Argentina version of The Voice and did quite well in there. I think got to the finals. I don't know if she won it or not, but she did a really good job. Uh, the two of these characters were were interesting characters because we find them down in Argentina and they live like in the middle of nowhere. And Tony just wants to be a regular teenager and go hang out with friends and have a boyfriend and go to the mall and, and do teenager stuff. But her mom kind of keeps her uh, sequestered, isolated on this, this farm out in the middle of nowhere raising alpaca or llama or whatever. But we find out that they have this, this chapel on their property that they look after. And we find out that the mother has a secret. Uh, underneath this chapel is one of these chambers with a portal that she can go, I don't know, you know. We don't know because in this, uh, what we know of these chambers, these portals, the Yorks, theirs go to a particular planet, some alien planet. So we don't really know where this one goes until we see them use it. And we find that there is this like rectangular metal object that they put on this little port and you can type in something in some alien language and it's essentially a key to type in where you want to go. And they go to, where else would you go? Newark, New Jersey. But they meet up with Nick. And there's a, there's a whole big mystery about who uh, Tony's father is. Stella has never told her in her 14 years uh, who her father was. Uh, Nick knows. And, and there's, there's a, a sub story there, kind of a, a tertiary story about who her father is. But they go to Newark. Because Cornelius, he's <laughs> he kind of looks like a, a poor man, like a Dollar Tree Jason Statham. But uh, he, he comes to Stella and kind of tasks her with hunting down Jude. And they make a lot of references to what we assume is Jude's mother. Uh, they keep talking about she wants her son back, she this, she that. Uh, she is obviously somebody important. Uh, there's a conversation between Jude and Stella later where Jude says he remembers seeing Stella when he was quite young and that uh, he saw her bowing in front of his mother. So his mother is, is somebody important. Wherever he's from, she is somebody important, a ruler, if you will, and she wants Jude back. Jude tried to escape this place. And we'll kind of we'll talk about that a little later. I kind of glossed over uh, Jude for a reason. But Jude's mother wants him back. She's tasked Cornelius with getting him back. Cornelius, in turn, has tasked Stella and Tony to go get him by any means necessary. Possibly even dead is, 
and and that kind of that kind of speaks to without really giving you a lot of exposition speaks to the relationship Jude has with his mother or his mother has with Jude. She's obviously some sort of ruler, somebody of importance wherever they're from, but she also if she's willing to let somebody kill her son to bring him back, uh, she's obviously very cold and severe. But the Stella and Tony relationship uh, is one of the more interesting ones in this because uh, Tony has been sheltered her whole life. Her mother has sheltered her from the outside world and from her own world, uh, her own involvement with these portals, these chambers. And we find out through Stella that this is something where she has been the guardian of this chamber for quite some time. Her father was the guardian of it before her. His father was the guardian of it before him, and the guardianship of this chamber is going to fall to Tony uh, eventually, even though Stella has been putting off uh, indoctrinating her into what's going on here with these portals. And on this road trip from Newark to Illinois, where they're, uh, you know, kind of piecemeal trying to track down where Jude might be, we find out a lot about their relationship. Uh, there's a lot of talk about why things are the way they are. There's a lot of talk about why they're doing what they're doing. Tony questioning why they have to find this guy. He seems nice enough. He, he looks like a nice guy. Stella's essentially, we've got to do it because that's what we're supposed to do. And if we don't do it, somebody will be tracking us down. So it, there's a lot of allusion to some greater force because it doesn't seem to me like there's a huge antagonist in this. Uh, like none of the characters feel like an antagonist, even though Stella and Tony are supposed to be tracking Jude down. They never feel like an antagonist, but there is a greater story going on here that we're only getting glimpses of from time to time. There's a bigger picture and there's a bigger antagonistic force that, like I said, we only get little glimpses of little allusions to it. And I think that's what's going to make uh, another series of this uh, just open up into a, a bigger world or universe, if you will. And, and we'll kind of get into that. And they kind of lean into that with the last shot of the of the series. But I really liked watching the, the two characters, Stella and Tony, on the screen. Uh, the actresses, uh, Julieta Zilberberg and Rosia Hernandez, just uh, fantastic actresses. Uh, again, that's what I love about shows like this, foreign movies and, and foreign TV series, is that you get exposed to actors and actresses from other countries that you wouldn't normally see. I mean, I don't watch a large of Arge a lot of Argentinian television or films, so I, I wouldn't know about these actresses. But seeing them in something like this opens my eyes and my mind to uh, a bigger world of actors, like great actors and actresses out there. And I think these two really did a spectacular job with their roles in this. Now, there's one more character of importance that, that I'm going to talk about. And we come across her because uh, Jude, uh, played by Chai Hansen, is looking for his father. He eventually reveals to Irene that he's looking for his father. And we get in some flashbacks him trying to escape this desolate landscape. It's done with like a filter, maybe like a day, maybe it was like a day for night shot where they shoot it in the day, but they kind of filter it so it's supposed to look nighttime. It's got a very blue hue to it, uh, almost like it was supposed to be night, but he's being chased by this guy. 
and the guy tackles him. He's on top of him, strangling him. Jude pulls a knife out of the guy's boot and then stabs him. And and that's when, when Irene finds him in this, this bunker uh, for this portal. Uh, he's covered in blood, but it's somebody else's blood. So that's, you know, that's how that happens. And, and when they uh, bring him back to the York household, uh, you know, that's a big concern of Franklin. He's, con- he's covered in somebody else's blood. Whose is it? Uh, sort of situation. We learn how Jude escaped from somewhere, somewhere that was very controlling. He cuts a little tracking device out of his leg and smashes it. So we know he doesn't want to be found. Uh, then we learned that his father had apparently escaped and he, he hasn't seen his father since he was a young child. And he's going to look for his father who ended up in this town of Farnsworth where uh, the Yorks are from. And, and that kind of leans into part of the mystery of Jude uh, about who he is, is this mystery of where is his father? What happened to his father? He's looking for his father. He finds uh, through different investigations that he may have gone to this place at, uh, as a bed and breakfast. And he finds out from this character, Hannah, who owns this bed and breakfast, that he was, in fact, there. Uh, the father's name is Gabriel. Gabriel was there, kind of worked as a handyman. Uh, he was also apparently very handy with Hannah <laughs> as well, as she'll uh, divulge. But Jude finds out through her that he's no longer there. But she tells stories of their time together. And she lets Jude sleep in the room that Gabriel stayed in and he found of course one of the only things on Jude's person when Irene found him was a paperback copy of the Count of Monte Cristo and of course that plays into Irene being a uh, English teacher and they talk about books they talk about that book but Jude while he's in his father's old room finds a copy of the Count of Monte Cristo and opens it up, finds all sorts of alien language written in it and a piece of paper with something in this alien language written on it, which we find out he feels is an address uh, that he can plug into the key that controls these portals. But the Hannah character is played by Sonia Walker. Uh, she played Penny in Lost. I mean, she's done a ton of TV and movies and whatnot. But uh, but I, I, my wife and I are sitting there. My wife, she didn't watch this whole thing. But every time I was watching it, when she was around, she would like stop and sit down and, and watch a little bit of it. And when the Hannah character came on the screen, we were both like, where do we know her from? And of course, I couldn't help but look it up right away. And I'm like, oh, she played Penny in Lost. Just one of her many credits. But she she played this character so well because there was a bizarreness to it. There was a strange strangeness to it. A she is keeping something from Jude and from Irene and Denise who, who travel to find her. And we find out through somebody she's working with that uh, they, they know more than they let on to Jude about what's going on. And maybe even... Uh, they know more about his father and his whereabouts than they let on. But it all culminates to this this big climactic scene where Stella, Tony, and Cornelius makes his way uh, to where they are. And uh, they're at the York farmhouse. And it all comes to a, to a head. And, you know, this is going to be a little bit spoilery. But 
of course, Stella and Tony do the right thing. They stop Cornelius from, from killing Jude, and they decide they're going to go on the run. Jude decides that he is going to follow this address that he got in the alien language to wherever that portal will take him. And Denise decides that she has found her calling. She's going to go help Jude find his father. Uh, because this is an adventure and it's better than the boring mundane life that is causing this emptiness inside of her. They go through this portal. They come out the other side through the door and through this long hallway. They open up the door into another area and it's this big window and we see the skyline of Bangkok. Uh, so Jude and Denise are in Bangkok looking for Jude's father. That's where we see them end up. We find that Stella and Tony, they've got Cornelius tied up in the back of this van they've been traveling in. They get attacked by another vehicle and run off the road. And we find that it is Hannah and the gentleman she's working with and a couple other people. They know that Stella is the guardian of one of these portals. Hannah knows Cornelius because of course, apparently uh, Cornelius hunted her when she had escaped from wherever they're from people who escape they call apostates uh, she is an apostate and she is taking cornelius captive uh, there's mention there in the i think it's the last episode maybe the last two episodes definitely the last episode of karul uh, this place karul where i'm assuming they're from but they don't really say much more about it just other than a passing reference to it so hannah is a apparently from this place, Karul, and she is heading some sort of organization that is fighting against the powers that be that are tracking down Jude and that made Stella and Tony go after Jude. And then we come to the, the final scene of this series and uh, something I, I didn't really talk about earlier because I kind of wanted to save it for this. Uh, when Franklin and Byron, played by Adam Bartley, uh, they become friends. Uh, Franklin tells Byron in a drunken state about this portal. Byron wants in on on figuring it out. And they end up... And, and this all seemed kind of convenient. Franklin made spacesuits so they could go out into the terrain of this planet. They could leave the safety of this little bunker that the portal leads to. Franklin chickens out. Nothing chicken out, but he doesn't want to do it if his wife can't be there to do it with him. So Byron goes out on his own. They lose radio contact and he goes missing. And it's been a couple days since he's gone missing. His wife is asking Franklin about him. And, and we don't really know the fate of Byron. Well, the last scene of this series, Franklin comes clean to Irene about what happened. And he has got to know what happened to Byron. So he gets dressed up in the other spacesuit. Uh, he's got oxygen tanks. He goes looking for Byron. And all of a sudden, he's run out of oxygen. He's there passing out. He flashes back to cutting down this tree that they had a, a rope swing on. And it was a rope swing that their son always played on. And his wife, after their son died, just essentially sat on the porch staring at this. He cuts down the rope swing. He cuts down the tree that it was on and he's digging the roots out and he we see him discover this bunker, this portal, uh, this chamber 
where the portal resides. He's having that flashback as he's essentially dying. And then all of a sudden we see Irene with Sans' spacesuit. Uh, she takes the helmet off and as much as they thought they would die if they walked out into this alien terrain, it is actually quite hospitable. And we also find... Uh, before Franklin passes out, he finds the body of a man with a knife in his side. And we realize it doesn't, they never say it, but we realize this is the, this is the person that was chasing Jude that in his flashbacks and strangling him, that Jude got the knife off of him and stabbed him to, to get away. So this alien planet is where Jude came from, although Jude insists that he's human. And then we see Franklin and Irene kind of crest a ridge and they look down on a civilization, this settlement. It's a, it's a huge town and this alien terrain. And we hear bells and, and things going on. And this is the Karul that was talked about as the home of people like Jude, people like Hannah and Cornelius. And we have to imagine that this is where Byron ended up, whether he made it there on his own or whether somebody rescued him after maybe his oxygen tank ran out. But uh, but they left. I mean, this is a, a series that left you with a lot of mystery and it answered just enough to leave you still needing more answers. Kind of like Outer Range did. While they're totally different shows, they did touch on a lot of themes. These two series both have older characters. One a little older than the other, but very much a, a couple series about older characters still questioning why. What's the purpose of it all? And they both yeah, left you with... Just as many questions. They, they answered a lot in both series, but they also still left you with just as many questions as you had in the beginning of it all. And I like that because it left a lot to look forward to if and when they do a second season of this. Because here's, here's my take on it. Here's what I think is going on. And this is complete supposition on my part. Uh, I have not read anything. I don't know anything. But what I imagine, they, they talk about this, this technology that these chambers, these portals uh, have been around for hundreds of years, if not longer. And I think it is some sort of alien technology that we haven't even scratched the surface on where it came from. It's, it's something that's been here for a very long time. I think humans found it a long time ago and they found the portal on the York property and made their way to this alien planet and realized they could thrive there. So they essentially, I think humans colonized this planet, made this like commune, and it got very strict and very regimented and very controlled by the, the leaders. And, you know, now people want to escape. And they've put in place these keepers of these portals that they know about. Now, the portal on the York property was buried so yeah i think this is somehow this is the place where the humans the earthlings went and colonized this planet and to keep anybody else from coming there they buried the portal and it wasn't until franklin inadvertently dug it up that people go back there now that's kind of how i think it's going i i'm still interested in as to what 
what sort of alien technology this is that created these portals where did they come from there's a lot of questions there i think in a, a future season we're going to be introduced to this this karul this this other civilization on this alien planet and find out what that's like we're going to find out the fate of byron uh i think we're going to see jude and juliet uh meet gabriel finally find him and how that's going to play into i mean he's fine jude is looking for gabriel because gabriel obviously escaped karul and he wants to find out how you know he wants to be able to escape and not be tracked by these by these people from this other civilization but you got to imagine that it's all going to tie back to his mother. His mother is obviously the leader of this civilization. Uh, so there's just so many questions and so many interesting things and so many interesting characters uh, that we just only have scratched the surface with this first season of Night Sky. And it makes me really excited. I hope we get a second season. Uh, from everything I've read, uh, it's getting good reviews. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes has, you know, I think it's got like an 80% rating on that. Um, I really loved this series because like I said, it was more than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was just going to be this story about this old couple and they're in the twilight of their life and mysteries of the universe. And and I thought it's going to be a sappy, uh, romancy type story about an old couple and then maybe tie in the romance like a mirror romance with a younger couple that's just kind of what the the whole trailer looked like to me but it was so much more than that i mean they really doubled down on the science fiction of this i mean this was a very science fiction heavy story i mean you did have that love that romance between irene and franklin and that kind of love and romance that you only get from a couple that has been together for so long. And, you know, while they may have some arguments and they may have some trials and tribulations, they get through it together. So you did get that. And Sissy Spacek and J.K. Simmons just knocked it out of the park with that. Uh, but yeah, you did get a lot of mystery and a lot of science fiction. And there wasn't a lot of special effects in this, but the special effects that we did get were very good. They did in some of the flashback scenes, they did de-aging on Sissy Spacek and J.K. Simmons. And it was subtle, but it, it really worked in making them look younger. And, you know, I've seen some pretty shitty de-aging on, on actors before and and this was this was really good because they used it sparingly and and they really picked their their points to to use that and the technology was was pretty good uh, i thought it was very effective and production design on this was just out of this world the york family farm or house homestead uh, the house the shed just all the felt very real it felt like a very lived-in world uh, I, I know a lot of people use toss that around but it really did it helped make you feel like this couple have been here for decades and they built a life here and it was just it just kind of helped immerse you in this world uh, of all these fantastical things going on and as I said before the cast was just spectacular Chai Hansen was phenomenal I can't wait to see more of him uh, especially in this, he didn't have a lot as far as 
emotional range in this. Uh, not to say that him as an actor doesn't have that, but but this character didn't have to go through a lot emotionally. He was just very, you know, he kind of played just a very sweet and simple uh, guy that just wants to find his dad and just wants to help out. But I can't wait to see him get some more, more of story to chew on and and flex his acting muscles which you get glimpses of it here and there so i can't wait to see more from him the actress that plays denise uh kai mckernan she did a spectacular job i want to see more from her because like i said some of the scenes where she's talking about just having this emptiness inside of her were just so emotional and just so heartfelt i i can't wait to see more from her Juliana Zilberberg and uh, Rosia Hernandez. I can't wait to see more out of those. But but the two actors that really were the rock stars of this, Sissy Spacek and J.K. Simmons. And it probably should be no uh, wonder that they nailed it and hit it out of the park because uh, they are two world-class actors. And if I don't see them nominated for some awards, Golden Globes, Emmys, what have you, when the time comes... Uh, there's really something wrong in Hollywood because these two, I don't know if they'll win. It depends on who they're up against, what they're up against, but but these two definitely need nominated for awards for their performances in this. And uh, again, I can't wait to see uh, a second season of this. I hope we get it. Uh, it's still really early. I mean, this show's only been out for, uh, by the time you hear this, it'll be a few days, uh, not even a, a full week. But uh, I have to imagine that we are going to get a second season because like I said, uh, they left you while you did get some answers. Uh, they still left with so many more questions than maybe you even had when this whole series began. And that's cool. I like that because I'm really interested to see where this story takes us next. And I think that's a good series. And hats off to the creators of this. Uh, the whole thing is created by Holden Miller. He did the uh, pilot episode. He wrote that. Um, he got involved with Daniel C. Conley, who also ended up uh, both of them producing this. Uh, both of them ended up writing a lot of episodes uh, together and separately. Uh, a couple other writers they brought in for some of the middle episodes. Uh, episode five and six had uh, different writers, Allison Moore, uh, Marianne Hess, and uh, Ezra Clayton Daniels uh, wrote those episodes. But for the most part, this is uh, Holden Miller and Daniel Conley, who who wrote a lot of these episodes and produced this, and and really uh, to to read about how this this whole thing came about. I mean, the show was originally going to be called Light Years before they settled on Night Sky. Ed O'Neill was actually going to play the Franklin character until uh, he he backed out. Uh, for whatever reason, left the show, and they replaced him with J.K. Simmons. I don't know if this would be the same show. I like Ed O'Neill. I think he's a fine actor. I think he's a better actor than just Al Bundy, uh, who's most famously known for. Uh, but I, w with him, you get a... I don't know. I, I'm afraid it would have been too too much of a comic performance because it, while he can do drama, a lot of his performances kind of lean on his comedy background but uh, but jk simmons i thought brought a sternness to the character that you get in a lot of characters he plays and and this character really needed that for the for the bits of distrust that he has for for jude and and, and so many other people for the byron character and and i thought jk simmons really was a great replacement for 
for Ed O'Neill and so glad that it turned out that he did this. So just uh, the hats off to the creators of this and, and the, all the writers and directors involved in this. Just a fantastic watch. And like I said, each episode's an hour. You got eight, eight episodes, but it doesn't feel like that because the story, while it feels like it moves slow in the beginning, it's a lot of character building. Uh, you're building, they're building this world. They're building these characters. They're building these relationships. And then when things start to pick up, it just makes it all that much better. You know, you don't mind that things move a little slow in the beginning because you're learning about these people. You're learning to care about these people. But then when the action picks up about halfway through and you really get uh, into the, the excitement of the story and you realize how truly invested you are. Plus, this really was a, a quick and easy watch. So if you've seen Night Sky, uh, hopefully you enjoyed it as much as I do. If you haven't, you really got to check this out. Uh, it is such a, a fun uh, fun science fiction story, and it's got a lot of heart, and it's very heartfelt, and it deals with some with some themes, but it doesn't. it's not heavy-handed with trying to teach any lessons or trying to answer the world's problems. Uh, it's not trying to solve mental health issues, but it does bring a lot of that into into the light mental health issues and the fallout and the survivor's guilt of it all. It's really got some interesting themes, but at the heart of it, it's a it's a story about a couple and it's a science fiction fantasy story that is a great watch. So I want to thank everyone for tuning in, listening to my thoughts on Night Sky. You can check it out on Amazon Prime. Check out our Facebook page, Odds Bodkins Curiosity Shop, where we're always posting trailers to the latest series and movies coming out in science fiction, fantasy, and horror. We're also uh, posting articles from all over the internet, sharing them on the Facebook page to kind of keep you up to date on what's going on there and a whole lot more. So check it out, Odds Bodkins Curiosity Shop on Facebook. Wherever you listen to this podcast, please uh, share it, subscribe to it, leave a review. Five stars would be awesome. Five stars it helps us with the algorithms from these from these different platforms, iTunes, Spotify. It helps get our podcast out there and get more people exposed to it. And you can help by directly exposing people to it by sharing this podcast with anyone you know who loves horror, fantasy, and science fiction. And speaking of science fiction, we got a really cool uh, series that I, I wasn't sure if I was going to like it. Halo on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, actually, I've never played the game, but I know about it. They did a TV series based on it, and we're going to talk about that coming up on Monday. And uh, spoiler alert, uh, I really enjoyed this. So we're going to talk about that coming up on Monday's episode of Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. So until then... Thank you for visiting Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. We hope that you found something to your liking and visit the shop again soon. But even though you may come back, you never really get to leave Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. Ha 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 ha!